Let me ask you a question. Not okay. you specifically, because oh, okay. I don't really care about you, but I care about Wait, the people I... in the audience, and I'm, I'm concerned okay. if they have checked to see if they've uh, seen if their home title is uh, still in their name. A lot of people would not do that because, you know, you have a life. Like, you, <laughs> oh, I spent the week just checking out my home title. No one's going to do that, except for the people at Home Title Lock. They don't have a life. They don't care about their lives. They have nothing that they can do on their own. Their weekends are fully about checking your home's title. And that's probably a pretty good thing because Home Title Lock can help shut down home title fraud. They do it better than anyone else. And this is not the type of thing that you want to find out about when the damage has been done. If they've already found uh, your home's title, they've already uh, forged it, some criminal. Well, what do you do about that? Well, Home Title Lock can stop that before it starts. Find out how you can do this with a free uh, sign-up right now, 30 days of risk-free protection when you go to HomeTitleLock.com and use the promo code BECK, HomeTitleLock.com. The promo code is BECK. Protect your home, protect your home's title. HomeTitleLock.com. The promo code is BECK. Barack Obama is very, very concerned, very concerned. Uh, and when he's concerned, we should all be concerned because he is the everyman. Yes, arugula is his is his favorite. And but I mean, they sell that at Bucky's now, don't they? The truck stops. Pr- pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway, he's very concerned about our media. He says we are so divided, uh, we don't even know what the truth is. And uh, God help us, we've got to fix that. Jawohl, mein Führer. Um, well, I, you know, mm, I, I want to take you to Elon Musk from that beautiful statement because he just did an interview with CNBC. And I'm wondering, really wondering, which, which side of the media uh, is, uh, is the problem? We go there in 60 seconds. First, let me tell you about Jason. He wrote in about a dog's experience with uh, Rough Greens. He says, Ginger loves Rough Greens. She's now four years old. She can be a picky eater sometimes. With Rough Greens, she eats her food immediately, and she has more energy and is more regular. Uh, Keep it coming, Rough Greens. I want to keep her eating healthy. Ginger, yeah. She knows what's going on. She's regular. Don't you hate those commercials that talk about regularity? And soon I'm going to be walking with my daughter on the beach talking about hygiene. Anyway, um, and by the way, hello, Gene. I'm glad you're here. Uh, dog food is dead food. Everyone knows that nutrition isn't brown. It's green. Naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black invented the solution. It's rough greens. 
It's not a dog food. It is something you sprinkle on your dog's food, probiotics, antioxidants, minerals, vitamins, all the things. You get the first bag free. Just pay for shipping. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Or call 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. Oh, my goodness. Well, hello, Stu. How are you? Glenn, how are you? Oh, I'm actually really good. I have butterflies in my stomach today. Really? I do. I do. For what reason? Uh, my daughter comes home from the hospital today. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's great to hear. So That's really good news. It is really good news. Yeah. I'm really uh, very concerned. Uh, I don't know how these hospitals work on how are you getting better in that place. Um, as it's, whew, I've learned way too much, Yeah, I've learned way too much, mm-hmm. but she comes home today and we're so excited anyway. Uh, all right. Let me talk to you a little bit about Elon Musk and the interview he just did with CNBC. Uh, can we play the long version, please? The five minute version of the interview. Go Let's ahead. talk a bit about your tweets, um, because it comes up a lot. Um, even today, it, it came up in you know, anticipation of this. I mean, um, you know, you do some tweets that seem to be, or at least give support to some who would call others conspiracy theorists. <laughs> well, yes, but I mean, honestly, you know, some of these conspiracy theories uh, have turned out to be true. <laughs> Which ones? Well, like the, the Hunter Biden laptop. That's true. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that, I could that, go that, on. That was a pretty big deal. There was Twitter and 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 others engaged in active suppression of information that was relevant to the public. Um, that's that's a that's a terrible thing that happened. Can that's you stop like a, right there? That's two conspiracy theories, by the way. Yeah. That's not just the Hunter Biden. It is that the government and big tech were colluding. That was a separate conspiracy theory. So you have two. Right there. But here he is. How do you make a choice? You don't see, I mean, in terms of when you're going to engage. I mean, for example, even today, Elon, you, you, you tweeted this thing about George Soros. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking for it because I want to make sure I quote it properly. But, I mean, you know what you wrote. But you basically. I think it reminds me of Magneto. It's just like, you know, calm down, people. This is not like made a pedal well, case you, out of it. Okay, stop. Also, he said there, I think, this was his tweet yesterday, I love this, uh, I think that George Soros is a bit like Magneto. I think that's absolutely true. Now, uh, wait, no, I, I'm, I'm sorry. There is one difference. He is wrong in one part. Um, he's thinking that Magneto, you know, was affected by the Holocaust uh, and he turned into a villain. Okay, that's the Magneto story. That's where he's wrong. Okay. Yes, George Soros was affected by the Holocaust, I believe, and he's a villain. Got it. But here's the difference. Magneto left and tried to be a good guy. He actually went and he tried to learn and and work through all of his issues caused by the Holocaust. George Soros, in his own words, never has had a second thought about it. Not one. Not one. Now, I don't know how you do that, but that's the difference between Magneto and George Soros. Yes, they're both villains. Yes, I think the Holocaust both affected their storyline, but Magneto tried to make sense of it. 
Uh, George Soros never been bothered by it. So anyway, go ahead. <laughs> you said he wants to erode the very fabric of civilization and Soros hates humanity. Like when you do something like that. Do you yeah, think I think about, that's true. That's my opinion. OK, but why share it? Why share it? Especially because I mean, stop. Why share it? If you see if you're watching the blaze, you're seeing him react to that. He is he's drawing back like what the kind, what kind of question is that? Why share it? It was about 20 years ago now that I remember is 25 years ago gosh, uh, that I remember sitting in my apartment complex as I am trying to put my life back together from alcoholism. And I read one quote from Immanuel Kant. And I could not for the life of me understand it. And I, I, I'm not one to memorize things. I'm really bad at memorization. But there are a few quotes that I have read that were so impactful that it stuck with me because I pondered it forever. And the Immanuel Kant uh, quote was, there are many things that I believe that I shall never say, but I shall never say the things I do not believe. And the reason why that stuck with me is I could not imagine living in a world where I was afraid to say the things I believed. Now, think of this. I'm not your average guy, you know, who's working, you know, at a, any place. I, I, I'm in this. I grew up in broadcast where you have to watch every word. I still could not relate to not being able to share what I really believe. And this guy is now asking Elon Musk, why would you say these things? Well, it's my, it's what I believe to be true. Yeah, but why? Why say it? Listen, there's more. When people who buy Teslas may not agree with you, advertisers on Twitter may not agree with you. Um, why not just say, hey, I think this. You can tell me. We can talk about it over there. You can tell your friends. But why share it widely? Stop. Oh, my gosh. Did you ask the president of Coca-Cola this when they came out about white people? Are you asking any of the corporate giants when they come out about DEI or transitional surgery or anything? Are you asking those corporations, why not just keep that to yourself? Because Elon Musk is not abnormal. This is what all companies are doing. It's just that they're all doing it on the other side. He's the only one standing up at a giant corporation saying, that, well, no, I, I actually don't believe any of that crap. So is this an okay question to ask then? Because I think we would ask that about Coca-Cola, right? Why don't you just zip it, just make soda? Yeah. Is it a fair question for to be asked it, of Elon Musk? Oh, I think it is if you recognize that you're not the only one. You know, if you follow that question up, and he doesn't, I'll show you what he follows it up with. If you follow that question up with, so people who say Coca-Cola should just shut the pie hole, and make a soda. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with them or disagree with them? Because everything's been politicized. 
And is that good for business? In all business, that yeah. would be an interesting follow-up. Right. And, and to be fair, it is CNBC, right? So Correct. It's asking, a business question. Right. It's a business question. Hey, people are buying your stock and they get mad and it might cause hurt sales for Tesla. Yeah. And I've seen them interview people at Coca-Cola <laughs> yeah, and they, they never ask, ask that this question. question. So, no, so, here, so, so listen to the follow-ups here. I mean... Uh, I, this is freedom of speech. I'm allowed to say what I you want. You absolutely are, but I'm trying to understand why you do because you have to know it's got a. There, it, it puts you in a in the middle of a, the partisan divide in the country. Everything. It makes you a, a lightning rod for Notice criticism. I mean, this do you is like partisan. that? I, mm. You know, people today saying he's an anti-Semite. I don't think you are. No, I'm definitely. Not. I'm, okay. I'm like I'm like a pro-Semite. <laughs> if anything, <laughs> I I believe that probably is the case. Yes. But why would you even introduce the idea then? Now listen. That that would be the, the case. I, I mean, it looks, we don't want to make this a, a George Soros interview. No, um, God, no. I don't. So, I don't want it at uh, all. But I'm. What I'm trying. Even came up though in the annual meeting. I mean, you know, do your tweets hurt the company? Are there Tesla owners who say I don't agree with his political position because, and I know it because he shares so much of it. Or are there advertisers on Twitter that Linda Yaccarino will come and say, you got to stop, the guy's man. so nervous. Or, you know, oh, I yeah. can't get these ads and, because of and some of the Elon things Elon Musk you tweet. is about to do something no one does. Look. He's, you know, I'm reminded he's of. He's thinking. Uh, hmm. the, the, the scene in The Princess Bride. Great movie. Great movie. Um, where he confronts the person who killed his father. And he says, Offer me money, offer me power. I don't care. So you just don't care. You want to share what you have to say. I'll say what I want to say, and if if if, uh, if the consequence of that is losing money, so be it. Okay. Awesome. Stop. This guy is. I I still haven't figured out if he's a good guy or bad guy yet. I mean, there there's a. I think there's several Elon Musk's uh, and. Uh, and one of them is so visionary, it kind of scares me a little bit. But uh, there is that really good side of Elon Musk as well. I will tell you, that is the, that'll, that's the scariest interview you'll ever do, an interview with Elon Musk. <laughs> you can tell the guy's terrified. Wouldn't you be? He, he qualifies Even every single question 45 times. Right. He's trying to predict all of his answers and not feel... And then that awkward silence. And, you know, he's just but, not an easy guy to talk to, it doesn't seem. Right, but the awkward silence shows how confident he is. Yeah, he wants he, to, uh, yeah. I'm not going to give you just an answer because you're waiting. I'm not uncomfortable. Silence really tells you everything you need to know about somebody. If they are willing to sit in uncomfortable silence, they're not somebody you want to mess with. Because it's always the person that speaks first to break the silence you've now lost. Hmm. If somebody is sitting there and they're just, hmm, the thing that most reporters would have done in that which hats off to CNBC guy for not doing this is to go. Well, I mean, I don't mean right, right. Try you know what I mean? Yep. Fill the fill the silence. Fill the silence. Mm-hmm. Fill the silence. 
And I don't know. I, I just don't know if there's a way to talk to Elon Musk and come out like. I think we liked each other. You know what I mean? I just oh, I, him and Bill Maher had a conversation. They seemed to love each other. Yeah, except Bill wanted to talk about real business, and Elon was like, let's just smoke dope. Right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I'm different than than you on this, Glenn, but like when I think about all the crazy woke stuff that goes on, we talk about Coca-Cola yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Uh, or Bud Light or whatever, those companies are the ones that really infuriate me because they're companies that are just... Built on the American way. Built on the American way and, and just capitalist companies. Like yeah. Coca-Cola is trying to make a bunch of money selling soda. Okay, don't hit me with this woke stuff. I am less frustrated at a company like Ben and Jerry's where Correct. I can just avoid them. Yeah. But like they they are doing the same thing that Elon Musk is doing here, which is we actually would rather dislike Jews publicly than sell you ice cream. <laughs> like yes. That is their stance. Right. And if they're going to do that, Okay, well, now I know I don't want to buy Ben and Jerry's, but you've told me who you are, and when I call you out on it, you don't fall back and say, oh, no, I didn't swear, I didn't mean that, and have, you know, Correct. release 25 new commercials about how much you love America. Here's, no, you just release more commercials about how you don't like Jews. Here's and all, now I know I don't want to buy Chunky Monkey because you don't seem to like Jews very much. Like, that type of thing, I think, is like a, an ideological company. So, but wait, and what is it you're actually hungry for here? I mean, you may be hungry for ice cream, yeah. <laughs> but what is it you're actually saying here? It's I very simple. I would like to hear the truth. Yes. What you, you want the truth is. integrity. Right. That's all that people want right now. Say what you mean, mean what you say, and let's walk away from each other's friends. Okay. I don't have to agree with you. So let's just, just tell me what you actually believe. That's authenticity. Mm -hmm. That's what people want. They're starving yeah. for it, and soon AI will be able to fake it well enough, <laughs> so we'll have our fill. Uh, I want to tell you about a, a hero and his family, Detective Joseph Seals, who served in the New Jersey City, New York, uh, New Jersey Police Department for 13 years. He was working with the city's ceasefire unit, helping get illegal guns out of the hands of criminals. Well, tragically, he was shot and killed during a confrontation with an armed gunman in 2019, just a couple of days before Christmas. His wife, Laura, and five children don't have a dad. Nothing you can say or do, you know, will bring that parent back uh, when tragedy has struck like that. But Tunnel to Towers, this is a foundation that immediately came forward and paid off the family's mortgage. This is what they do. They've helped over a thousand military and first responder families during the most difficult part of their lives. And again, it's because of people like you. Would you help take this burden away from others? The foundation has helped hundreds of first responders across America by removing that burden of mortgage to do this mission. They would like to ask you for $11 a month. Would you make a reoccurring donation? Donate to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two T, dot org. Ten seconds, station ID. And by the way, um, you know, I'm so sick and tired of companies trying to make themselves look good. You know, one of the brands that Coca-Cola makes is Fanta. 
Fanta soda, yeah. and that's orange soda. All different flavors, yeah. Yeah. Well, it started as orange soda. You know why? I don't. Um, because Coca-Cola had a huge market in Germany, and they were selling Coca-Cola to the Nazis like crazy. Finally, the government said, no more business in Germany. So they got on the phone with all of their chief executives over in Germany and said, okay, what do you have? What do you have that you can make? And they came up with Fanta. So Hmm. Fanta is something that Coca-Cola made kind of on the sly with the Nazis to keep things going during the war. I had no idea. Yeah. That's a true story? True story. Wow. True no, story. I did not know that. Yeah. So, you know, I'm 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 a little sick of the righteousness. Yeah. You know, little sick of it. Yeah. Uh, Look, be a company if you either pick one, right? Either be a company that is going to put your opinions ahead of Profits and sales, like Elon Musk is saying he's doing, like Ben and Jerry do like, with their liberal values. Well, I tell you, swimsuit, uh, the swimsuit edition. Yeah. I mean, that thing is over. You put an eighty-one-year-old on the cover, or you know, put a guy on the cover who's a, you know, thinks he's a girl. You're, you know, it's over. It's over. Yeah. But they're fine with that. And when people call you out, be like, yeah, we actually think this is the, the best right thing. thing, the right thing to do. And like, okay, I can deal with that. I can deal with people doing that. I, I don't like. The underhanded uh, wokeness to 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 I don't know to to please all of the you know to to please the media and to get the ESG points and to act like you're still trying to serve everybody. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a person who's going to come out with your opinions and you're going to make your company an an opinion company that also sells cars or an opinion company that also sells ice creams, ice cream, I can deal with that. I can deal with that. I, I will probably avoid you if if you piss right. me off enough. Right. Um, let me uh, let me take one and face one other thing that we haven't talked about, and that is Elon Musk and the hiring of this this crazy woman who is part of the WEF. Not my choice. Uh, that's not who I would have had run Twitter, um, but he has, and he's done it for business sake. Apparently, she can speak the. Uh, that's what she's known for. He says, I mean, he's spoken out at the WEF about how wrong they are. Um, We just trust but verify. I I don't trust Elon Musk and what he's going to do on Twitter tomorrow. I look for what he's doing today. That's not necessarily a good sign. If he holds his values, it's still the Glenn Beck program. Doesn't mean Twitter is, uh, uh, you know, not changing. All right. If you think about the perfect home buying or selling experience and you think it doesn't exist, call me. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Moving is no fun. No fun. I, uh, there was a time for 20 years, I think I had moved 15 times. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. I couldn't hold down a job in radio. Anyway, um, all the things you have to do to get your house ready. The weird 1970s wallpaper that you never got around to moving. I don't know. It, it's kind of uh, kind of homey. It's No, it's not. And it's going to hurt the value of your house. These people will know what you need to do to the house. They have the people, a Rolodex of people that you can call to help get it done. And they know that you need to sell your house on time for the most amount of money. And you need to get the right house. 
So realestateagentsitrust.com. Interview one of the people we'll send your way. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. One business that doesn't seem to mind its opinion being known is Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code FEDUP and save 30 bucks. In 1980, a freshman congressman was gunned down in Rhode Island, sending shockwaves through Washington that are still reverberating four decades later. Now, with the world on the brink of war, a weakened United States facing rampant inflation, political division, shocking assassinations, a secret cabal of global elites is ready to assume control. And with the world's most dangerous man locked in solitary confinement, the conspirators believe the final obstacle to complete uh, domination has been eliminated. They were wrong. That uh, could be literally describing today. And I think it it is because Jack Carr writes stories that come from him, his experience and what he's living Jack Carr is with us now. He's a best-selling author of the Terminal List uh, series. He is also the executive producer of Amazon's The Terminal uh, List, uh, starring, um, what's his name? Uh, Chris yeah, Pratt. Chris Pratt. <laughs> what a name to forget. Hey, Jack, how are you? I am great. How are you? Very good. Very good. Uh, Jack's going to be on my uh, podcast, which will air tomorrow on Blaze TV, Saturday, everywhere. But I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the book, um, because... You are spot on. Your last book covered a little bit of AI. This one is dealing with, if we were talking Ian Fleming, Spectre, this shady global government business kind of cabal. And I hadn't really thought of it in those terms of Spectre until you mentioned it on the podcast the other day. But now that I thought about it a little more, uh, it certainly is. And what I really did was think about who was really, uh, who was in New Hampshire in the summer of 1944, who was essentially reorganizing the world, uh, realizing that World War II was about to come to an end and the United States was about to become the victor. Uh, and we were about to do something different than had been done mm-hmm. in human history. We were about to control, and not just control, but to uh, give security to other nations when it comes to trade uh, across the globe with our Navy, essentially with our military. Uh, And I thought, well, there's still the Soviets were there. They had some people there who didn't sign on to some of these things that were discussed in New Hampshire in in the summer of 1944. Uh, But I thought, what if there were some meetings behind the scenes and we had people there who were concerned about a new future nuclear Armageddon uh, and didn't trust some of their politicians, maybe didn't trust some of their military leaders, maybe even didn't trust their citizenry. I wanted to put in place uh, protocols that would avert that from happening in the future. Mm. And uh, that was really the, the kickoff to this one. But the theme that guides it is truth and consequences. A lot of things from the other novels have been building up towards this one. And there's a lack of accountability today, really across the board, but particularly when it comes to politicians and senior military leaders. And through this book and through my others as well, I get to deal with them in a way that is extremely therapeutic because it uh, it keeps me out of prison. But uh, <laughs> I just explore these things and uh, deal with them in a completely fictional way. Right. So let me ask you, uh, Jack. The uh, can you first of all can you read your books? Can you can I pick it up at this one? 
You sure can. And I try to get creative with the way that I bring people up to speed. Uh, two books ago in The Devil's Hand, I had him, my protagonist, hooked up to a polygraph. So for those who have been through the lifestyle polygraph at the CIA, like mm-hmm. I have, uh, it's about two days of hook, being hooked up to that machine in one of the most uncomfortable rooms on the planet. Uh, so I have him hooked up and getting asked questions. And that's why I bring people up to speed. And in this one, he's in prison. And uh, he's in, a, in a ADX Supermax prison in Florence, Colorado. And he's in the dark. So he has to feel his way around this room, doesn't know how long he's been in there, doesn't know how long he's going to be in there. So essentially he's stripped down to the very basic elements of the human condition and needs to keep himself sane in there through exercise and through thinking about that past, mm. figure, trying to figure out why he's in there, and then, of course, what he's going to do right. when he gets out. So we're talking to Jack Carr, best-selling author of Terminal List. He has a, uh, a new uh, book out that is uh, uh, number one bestseller already. Only the Dead. It's Terminal List Book Six. Um, Jack, when when you talk about the um, plan, you're talking about Bretton Woods, the meeting that happened that kind of restructured the world after World War uh, World War Two. And I do believe that there were good intention people and some that you know knew that it would you know, grow into something where they could gain power. But it was a long-term, almost a Chinese kind of like plan. Um, if you go back to Woodrow Wilson and the progressive movement, they they wanted this autocratic state and they just were patient. And we now are living that. Do you think that um, the people involved today, do you do you believe that they are majority good people with a few really bad people that are guiding it or or what of course those terms are subjective but i think that uh it's about protection and control and when you have something and don't want others to destroy what you have uh you take measures and you put things in place to to keep that from happening so when you consolidate control um, then they're, they're, it's good for some uh, at the very top, good for you, not for the citizenry. Um, so it's really about asking questions. And uh, for, for us as the citizenry, going back in those pages of history that allow us to have a foundation to ask those questions and wonder uh, when, we, when we see things happening today, I ask that question. Why is this? Why am I being manipulated? What is the outcome that this yeah. entity, this person, uh, what is, whether it's, whether it's, COVID, whether it's these 50 Intel officials talking about signing a, signing a letter to protect their establishment candidate, um, where you look at things like classified information being handled so differently between two people that were at the same level, essentially, in government, uh, Russian collusion investigations, even JFK has been back in the news recently with, uh, with RFK talking about mm-hmm. um, that assassination and a mandate by Congress, a law passed by Congress that says that those documents need to be released by a certain date. doesn't matter. It comes and it goes. Yep. Two administrations, two different presidents, two different parties after a visit from the CIA. Of course, to say nothing, I'm going back in history, looking at the church hearings and the Pike hearings, um, and that that's uh, overstep, overreach by certain entities of our federal government, specifically the CIA. So to think that uh, they don't do that now when we have a much larger bureaucracy attached to that national security establishment, um, well, I, I think that would be wrong. Yeah, the um, what we what we're finding out in the media turning a blind eye to um, the Durham report and saying there was nothing there. 
there is a disturbing amount there. It shows that our our uh, our police force through the Justice Department, the FBI, the intelligence community, the media, and a political party are actually colluding together to lie to the American people and shape the outcomes of the things that they want. That that has it ever been done this uh on this large of a scale before this makes watergate look like child's play yeah i don't know if it's been done it's certainly been done before but i don't know if it's been done so blatantly um and it just shows their disdain for the american people just thinking that we're and you know they may be right in certain cases that we're going to get distracted by the next tiktok video instead of asking the question why why do they want to marginalize and discredit or attempt to discredit a lot of these stories here why what's the why behind that and I, we've had all the novels but in this one in particular i bring in quite a bit of history uh cold war history and there's one that pertains directly to today the uh, general leonard perutz memo so he was uh in 1983 he was uh involved in something called able archer and it's a it's a time in the in history where we almost had a nuclear exchange such a Soviet great Union. story such a great and it story. was it's just an amazing story, and, uh, and it was also classified for a number of years and downplayed because it shows different shortco- shortcomings uh, of the CIA. And then in 1989, he leaves uh, government service, Perutz does, and writes a memo that talks about this incident in 1983, where we almost had a nuclear exchange with the Soviet Union. That was declassified in 2021 after a multi-year review by multiple government agencies. And in 2022, guess what? They re classified it scrubbed the internet um you're kidding me oh no and it was a ran in the washington post and i cannot believe that it did not get more um uh, more play across actually i shouldn't say i'm surprised i am not surprised but the question is why why is this memo from 1989 about an event in the cold war in 1983 why was that reclassified why did the cia rush in get a federal judge to reclassify something that had been through a review for numerous years. And it's just a memo, and I've read it because it was out there for a while. And I might know a guy who has a printed copy. And <laughs> really I'd like one is, for the uh, museum, please. <laughs> I'll talk to that person yeah, and see about okay. sending one your way. Good. But it, but really, today it would be, it's, it's very, it, it's not something, there's no secrets in there. It's so wild that they wanted to reclassify it. All that's in there is a little bit of wisdom, a little guide about how right. to deal with the Soviet Union in the future. How, lessons from the past, lessons from 1983, that incident in particular, and how we can apply those to dealing with the Soviet Union when he wrote it in 1989, but really dealing with the Russian mindset, Russian leadership. And that would be helpful today. And so that makes me question, why do they not want this out there? Why do they rush to get this thing classified again, if it would help Any... us in our relations vis-a-vis Russia-Ukraine situation? Uh, I can think of a few answers to that that I'll probably uh, explore in future novels. Uh, uh, talking to Jack Carr, his new book is out, came out yesterday, Only the Dead. It is the sixth in the Terminalist series. Grab it wherever you buy your books, Amazon or you know wherever you buy your books. Only the dead is the name of it. Jack, one more thing, and I've only got a couple of minutes, and maybe this is just something for you to ponder and we can talk about sometime. Um, I have been doing a lot of research uh, on the Second World War and and really focusing lately on the Weimar Republic. And, you know, there there were a lot of sick things that were going on, um, you know, obviously in the concentration camps and the 
and and uh, Mangala was was not out of line on any of his experiments with the medical establishment in Germany at the time. And when we won, we took people with with uh, Project Paperclip and brought them here to the United States because we didn't want Russia to have them. But we brought a lot of really, really bad people. Werner von Braun, I think, is one of them that has been whitewashed, but we wouldn't have gone to space without him. But we also brought a lot of people, doctors, uh, a lot of them, and they went right to work for our intelligence agencies. And I'm wondering how much damage those kinds of people had done to the United States by putting them in and whitewashing them. Is well, Go ahead. I was going to say, it certainly highlights our moral flexibility, if nothing it else. It does. And there's also research, at least, from, uh, from Japanese experiments that they did on humans that uh, was brought in the wake of World War II back to the United States and built upon when it comes to our, what, what the government terms, biodefense research, which is really uh, bioweapons research. But if nothing else, it highlights that, uh, that moral flexibility that the intelligence agencies mm. have to achieve a certain end. And uh, I very, I very, uh, well, I, I wove in multi-generational characters into this, meaning uh, my protagonist has a father who has a very interesting past and a grandfather yeah. who has a very interesting past. So I can go back in time to that post-World War II period, that post-Vietnam period in the case of his dad, and explore some of these things, uh, Operation Paperclip in particular. So in Only the Dead, he's going after the deep state and, and everything else connected. Is there in a real scenario, is there a, is there a way to reform or get rid of this deep state or is it unplug it, plug it back in and reset to factory settings? That is a very good question. And uh, what I'll be pondering for a while and I don't have a good answer for it, but what is this? This deep state is so attached to a gigantic bureaucracy, just establishment, Washington, lobbyists, politicians, military leaders still in uniform, those who have just gotten out that are sitting on boards, the family members attached to these politicians and lobbyists that are getting money from foreign entities. It is a, uh, it is a machine that is moving forward and it is gigantic. And what is that citizen supposed to do? And that's really what most of my books are about as it comes down to that individual. And uh, just like it did at the founding of, of this country, came into individuals who are willing to take a risk. So uh, I don't think we're there yet. But, uh, but but who knows? I try to be hopeful. As yeah, we I know. The other day on the podcast. <laughs> I I'm know. Working on it. I'm working on it, Jack, thank you so much. God bless you. Um, Jack That's Carr's you. new book, "Only the Dead," is out. Came out yesterday. You can get it wherever your books, uh, wherever you buy your books. Also, tomorrow at Blaze TV, you'll be able to get the one-on-one podcast. It is a fascinating conversation with Jack Carr. Uh, that'll be available tomorrow on Blaze TV, Saturday, wherever you get your podcasts. Mark of a good driver is somebody who anticipates many things going wrong uh, and is prepared for them. That's also the mark of a good car owner. You want to be prepared in case something goes wrong with your car. Now, when you consider how expensive car repairs are right now, especially if it's a computer chip, um, locking in that price of maintenance is Priceless. CarShield offers affordable protection plans to fit every budget. Your car's out of warranty. Don't worry about it. They cover more parts than ever before, and you'll want them in the time of the costly repairs. 
Also, every protection plan has coast-to-coast roadside assistance, rental car options, trip reimbursement, all of that. No extra cost. It's Car Shield, dedicated to protecting what you drive. Get coverage like I have on my old beater trucks. They've saved me a fortune. Car Shield, 800-227-6100. 800-227-6100. CarShield.com slash Beck. Glenn Beck. So are you worried about protecting your home? Are you worried about home title fraud? You should be. It's one of the fastest growing crimes in America. And if you don't do anything about it, it can be a real nightmare. Our home's titles are online now. And once a criminal accesses it and forges your signature, it's really a race against time to stop him before he takes out loans against your home or worse, sells it out from underneath you. People have been evicted for this. They've lost their homes. They've gone through years and years of legal nightmares over this stuff. Um, if your answer to the idea of like checking on this is how would I even begin to check on my home's title, you're probably like most people. And that's why home title lock exists. Honestly, most people don't know how to do this. No one, even if you could, you'd be spending so much of your time. It wouldn't be worth it. Home title lock makes it worth it. They can protect you and they can make sure that your home title is not stolen. This happens to thousands of people and you don't want to be the next one on the list. Uh, so do something about it. Home Title Lock is here to help you. It's what they do. They do it better than anyone. And this is not the kind of thing that you want to find out about after the damage is done. So be proactive. Stop the crime before it happens with Home Title Lock. Uh, so what do you do? Go to HomeTitleLock.com. With, it's free with sign up, 30 risk-free days of protection. And then use the promo code Beck and you're going to be all set. HomeTitleLock.com code is Beck. HomeTitleLock.com. The code is Beck. So tonight on uh, my Wednesday night TV show, I am going to be talking about AI and everything you need to know about AI. Um, And I urge you to watch it. This is probably the most important thing. If we don't get this one right, everything else doesn't matter. Um, And then tomorrow is a network wide special called The Reckoning. I know you're fed up. Uh, I am. But I want to hear from you live Thursday night. I'm going to take questions and comments from Blaze TV subscribers in our Blaze live chat room on our app. If you're not a member of the family yet, we have our best offer ever going on right now. $30 off your annual subscription at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Start sending them in now. We'll have our team watching out for them. Little little therapy session with me, Mark Levin, and uh, a solution a solution to the Biden crime family. But it's going to take all of us. Make sure you don't miss this. That's Thursday night at the 8 p.m. Program.